Welcome to Storytime with Rabbi Yitzhak. Hi, everyone. I am your host, Rabbi Yitzhak, together with... Me, Yossi, his sidekick. Yay! At this time, I would like to remind everybody that you are listening to jradio.com. If you would like to listen to us on the telephone, you can listen to us by dialing 712-432-4217. That number again is 712-432-4217. The number to call after the show, after the story that is, to tell us your name and what lesson you learned in tonight's story is 718-683-5858. Very good, Yassi. And, of course, if you'd like to listen to us live or on the archives, you can call 718-506-9099. That number again is 718-506-9099. And just follow the menu if you want to listen to us live or follow the archives. I would also like to take this moment to remind you that j Radio can definitely use your donations. So, the address is Javit Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. That address again is Javit Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. And if you would like to text in to ask for information how to sponsor or to how to advertise on jwitradio.com, the number to text in is 347-927-8398. If you would also like to suggest a story for me to tell, and you'd like to give over all the information and all the details of it, and uh, or possibly the source for it, you may also text in 347-927-8398, and it will be forwarded to me. Yes. Okay, my turn, Rabbi Herbs. Okay, if anyone is looking to hire Rabbi Yitzhak for either storytelling, Kaya from the Maya, extreme martial arts demo, uh, you know, whether it be for, uh, you know, other Sabanim program, uh, uh, your, your yeshiva, your banos, your base Yaakov, whatever, your school, a private party, or a day camp, a bungalow colony, or a sleepaway camp. So, of course, the number to call is 718. 718- 375-1294. That number again is 718-375-1294. Also, you should be aware, if anybody's interested uh, for information about art lessons, martial arts lessons, you know, perhaps karate, uh, private karate lessons, Qigong energy lessons, and so on, uh, you could call also 718-375-1294 for more information. And please be aware that Rabbi Erbs's books are still available in your local farm store, along with many of his CDs and a new one, too. And for those CDs that are not in the stores, you could call Rabbi Yitzhak at 718-375-1294, and he will be more than happy to send you a complete list, either by email or fax. Wow, did I get everything in? I think so. I think we can now start our story. Okay. <laughs> so, how you been, Yossi? I'm fine. How are you? I'm Baruch Hashem. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse you? Okay, no problem. So, um, uh, you got a story? Oh, yes, I do. Uh, I'll give you a hint. 
the story takes place in a country uh, that they speak German, Flemish, and French. Uh, a country that they speak uh, Germany? Uh, no, I mean German, you said. Yes, that's right. And Flemish? Yep, yep. Uh, and also uh, French? Mm-hmm. A country that speaks, uh, um, you know, German, Flemish, and also they speak uh, French. Which country is that? Uh, New York City. <laughs> that's not a country. That's a state. Uh, you know what I mean? That's a city uh, of a state. You know, the city of New York. You know what I mean? New York, New York. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let me see. Can you give me another hand? Uh, yeah, some people there speak Yiddish also. Borough Park! Flatbush! Uh, no, not exactly. I'm sorry to tell you that. Uh, come on, I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's far from where you live. Far from where I live. Okay. Uh, can I see? Uh, oh, Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, see? Another country. Another country. Eretz Israel. Oh, you can have some uh, people from Eretz Israel live there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy, you're really putting a tough one on me. Uh-huh. I, I don't think I ever told a story from there. If I did, not in a very long time, that's for sure. Well, where'd you get the story? Oh, well, the person doesn't want me to use his last name, but he sent me the story. His name is Shimmy. I thought you said you don't want a last name. I said last name. He didn't say nothing about the first name. He said I could say his last initial, so all his close friends who were there with him uh, where he heard the story uh, will know that it's him that told it to me. But he doesn't want anybody else to know. Uh, why? Uh, because he said he heard the story from someone else. Oh. So then why does he want to hear it from you if he knows the story? Uh, he said that he wants to see how I would tell the same story. How much different I would tell than the other person. Uh, did he tell you who the other storyteller is? Well, uh, no. And I, I think people know that I said, if you send me in a story and you want me to tell it because you heard someone else tell it, please do not uh, tell me the name of the person who told the story. You can tell me the source of the story, but not the name of the person who told the story because... Uh, I know, because if he's better than you, you don't want to feel bad. And if you're better than him, you don't want him to feel bad. That's correct. So I'd rather not know who the person is. You know what I mean? So it, it's better that I don't. So anyways, he sent me the story, and it was sent by somebody named Shimmy W., and he said he heard it recently, and he would like to hear how I would tell the story. Well, you know what I do when I get a story. Yeah, you research it, you check it back and forth and everything. That's right. Did you figure out now uh, which country I'm talking about? Uh, England. No, 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 I didn't say they speak English. I mean, they could speak English if they know how, but, I mean, basically, it's German, French, and Flemish. Okay, well, let me see. So, they speak uh, 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 German, mm-hmm, and Flemish, mm-hmm, uh, and French, mm-hmm, that's right. So, you figure it out yet? Uh, what country, what country, what country? Give me a couple of seconds. What are you doing? I'm Googling. <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah, which country, which country? Antwerp, Belgium. Ah, <laughs> very good. Very good. So, I'm going to tell a story. It's called, Are You Ready? It's called, Are You Ready? No, 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 no. Yeah, see, why don't you ever give me a chance to finish what I'm saying? I'm very quick. Yeah, but sometimes when you tell a story... 
you get so involved in the story that you forget to do the narration. How come? Um, that's a good question. I'll, I'll have to talk to my uh, creator. <clears throat> okay. Very interesting. You have a connection with Rabbi uh, Um, Well, you know what I mean. Uh, well, let's get on with it, okay? Uh, okay, so what are we doing? Oh, we're doing a story called 50 Lashes. 50 Lashes! Get your lashes over here! You mean like 50 eyelashes or something like that? No, no, no. I'm talking about Marcus. Marcus. Oh, so now we're learning Gemara on the phone. I thought you were telling a story. No, 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 no. Uh, you asked me to make sure that you understood which lashes I mean. I don't mean lashes like in eyelashes. I mean lashes like in uh, Marcus, you know, getting whipped. Ah, oh, sorry, I'm going to get hit with a whipped cream. No, Yossi, please. Okay, anyways, this is a story about a great tzaddik by the name of Rabyanko Pishevorsk of Antwerp. Who was he? I never heard of him. Okay, so I'll tell you his last name. His last name was Rabyanko Liza. Or they say in Hasidish, you know, they say Rabyanko Liza. Okay, and that was, well, Liza could be a first name. Yes, but in this case, it was his last name. So who was he? Well, uh, let me give you some background. Okay, so give me some background. Okay, so you see, um, <clears throat> uh, this is uh, the dynasty of the Peshevorsk Hasidim. Okay, it's not the biggest Hasidim in the world, but their Rabbonim, their Rebbes, were very big Tzadikim. As a matter of fact, Rabianko's father-in-law, okay, Rabianko's father-in-law was a great-grandson, if I got my information correct, it was a great-grandson from the Noyam Elimelech, from Elimelech of Lezhengs. Wow, so he's got Yichas, right? But So a person has to try to earn his own merits, right? Own schusim. You got that right, that's for sure. But anyways, so um, basically... His father-in-law was the first Peshevorsk Rebbe, which was in Poland. Ow! Oh, so how did Poland get moved to Antwerp? Ah, listen to it. Okay, so what happened was is, um, he survived the war, Baruch Hashem, and from uh, Peshevorsk, he went and he settled in Paris. Okay, after World War II, he went to settle in Paris. And then, in 1956... Was that when I was born? Uh, no, I don't think so. Were you born by then? Uh, yeah. I'm not going to give away my age, but yes, I was around at that time. Were you old enough to remember him? Well, I lived in New York, and he lived in Antwerp at the time. Oh. Oh, you're saying so in 1956 he settled in Antwerp? Yes, yes, that is correct. Now, uh, this person, Rav Naftali Elimelech, was the first of the Peshevorsk Hasidim, because he started there in the in the shtetl of Peshevorsk, and he continued on his kehila in Paris, and then when he settled in Antwerp, he, uh, you know, he continued his Hasidus there. And he was the Rebbe of this Hasidus until... 1976, and if you calculate, oh, I said, one, year five thousand seven hundred and thirty-seven. That's very good. How'd you get it so fast? Like I always do. What do you mean? I always look at your paper. Oh, yes, please. 
Okay, so he was Nifter on Yom Kippur 1976. That's right. And his son-in-law, Rav Yaakov Leiser, or Leiser as he's called, uh, took over in 1976, and he was the rabbi until 1998. Oh, that's not so far away. Wow, that's like 20 years ago. That's correct. It's about 20 years ago that he was Nifta. Wow, so who's the rabbi now? Uh, the third rabbi is his son, Rab Leibish Leiser, who's the current Pishaverska rabbi in Antwerp. Wow, that is so good. So tonight, instead of telling a story, we're giving a history lesson. No, 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 I just gave you some background. Now, if you figure it out, uh, uh, did I tell you yet when this rabbi, Rabbi Yaakov, was born? Ah, let's see now, uh, let's see now, uh, let's see now. Uh, what's the problem? I can't see the paper. I'm giving you a hint, let's see now, you're not showing me the paper. Okay, okay, here, 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 tell us. Okay, so he was born in 1907, and he was Nifter in 1998. That makes him, wow, Kanoi Nahara, he lived like about 91 years. That is correct. And this is uh, about something that he held very dear. Ah, his life, Kanoi Nahara, you see? Now, we're ready to start into the actual story. Bianco Pishavorsk of Antwerp was very well known that he held from the tzedakah of Reb Meir Balanes. Mm-hmm. And he was a very big chassid of giving tzedakah to the pushka of Reb Meir Balanes. Whenever he passed a Reb Meir Balanes pushka, do you know what he did? <laughs> he put in some tzedakah money. That's right. And he put many times a lot of money in there. And this story goes when he was getting much older. Much older. Like 92 and a half years old? I said he was nifted at 91. Oh, 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 so like this was like in the upper 80s or something like that? I think so. It's fair to say I couldn't get that much information because, you know, the time I opened up the, you know, the story to see whatever it is, and I started to research, and I said, wow, I got to stop here. I got to run to the studio. Oh, you run? I try to. <laughs> I got to see this. Yeah, see, please, can we get to the point? I'll, I'll go ahead. So what happened? Well, anyways, as he was getting older, you know, so sometimes he would go for a vacation. A vacation? A tzaddik needs a vacation? No, no, no. Chas v'sholem. He never took a vacation from learning or answering his chasidim's shilas uh, and kashios that, that they had. He just took a vacation. Sometimes you need to have a little frisher luft, you know, like, for example... Um, some people go away to the, in the summertime, either to a bungalow or a camp or something, but they still continue learning, but they need a break from the regular routine, you know, and they need some good, fresh air, right? Because in the city, it's a lot of pollution. That's right. You got that right. So anyways, one of the places where he used to go quite often for a vacation was a place called Schweiz, okay? Now, I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. It's called Schweiz. It obviously was somewhere in Belgium or Antwerp, you know, in that area. I didn't have a chance to do my full geography research. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> so what happened? Well, he was there, and one day... Ay, ay, ay. Baruch Hashem. Look what I see. And, of course, when he would go on his vacation, he also took a few, you know, of his chassidim with him. 
you know, to keep him company or, you know, to help him out because he wasn't a youngster anymore. But he was a very big tzaddik. People that had the schus to know him, it's unbelievable. Did you know that many different Hasidim, Vishnitsa, Satma, many Hasidim used to come sometimes to Antwerp just to see this Helega tzaddik and be mispalled with him? Did you know that? No, I didn't do the research on that. Ha-ha, I see. So, now, anyways, so this story is going to pick up from where he is passing a Mayor Balanes Pushka, I guess probably in the local shul that he was going to that was in Schweiz. Ah, Kebakik, look! There is a Mayor Balanes Pushka over there. Do you see it? Yes, I do see it, Boruch Hashem. Yes. Oh, yeah, I see it also, Rebbe. Yes, very good. Uh, oh, yes, of course. How could I forget? The Rebbe loves to give tzedakah to their er, er, mayor Balanes. Yes. Okay. Er, Rebbe, is it not a problem? We can uh, take the money and put it in the pushke for you. Uh, no, 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 no. I would like the full schus. I want to walk over to the pushke. I want to go over and put the money in the, the toker box. And I would like to mamish have kavunis. It's, you know, it's a doker tatzel mimuris. And the toker from Balinese, a very big, wichtige tzedoker. Yes. And so he went over. I know. And so he went over and he put the money in the pushka. All right. Now that we did that, come, my dear Talmidim, let us go outside. It is beautiful outside. Let us take a walk in the beautiful forest over there. Come, let us take a walk. And so he took a walk with his Talmidim. He went outside and he was walking. But before he got to the forest, now my research is very interesting. <laughs> I heard one store part, it happened, what I'm about to tell you happened in the forest. And what happened when he was just walking outside in the streets? Okay, so he was walking. And of course, he was probably either learning Balpeh, or perhaps he was chazering Mishnai's Balpeh, or, you know, discussing Torah with his, you know, Hasidim that were walking with him. And all of a sudden, he tripped. He didn't see what was in front of him for whatever reason it was. But it seemed like Hashem wanted this tzaddik, Rabbi Yankel, Liza, to trip. So Rabbi Yankel, Liza, Rabbi Yankel, Liza, depending on how you pronounce it. This great tzaddik, he tripped and he fell. Now, you know Kindlech out there and everybody else that's listening. I know, because it happens to me a lot of times. If a little kid falls down, you know, you get back up, and usually you don't get hurt so much. You get a little bruise, a little scratch, a little bumpy, a little back and blue. But we're kids, so we, like, uh, recoup right away. But the Rebbe was already pretty old. He was in the upper 80s, right? Mm-hmm. And so when he falls down, it's uh, like a big fall, and it's like a nace that he didn't break anything, right? That's right. How did you know he didn't break anything? I'm assuming. Did he? Did he break it? No, no. Bokhashem, he didn't break anything. But he got banged up pretty bad, and he fell down. It was a big zest. <laughs> and, of course, immediately the, the Hasid were with him. He said, Reber, are you all right? Reber. Uh, please, uh, respond to me. 
and Baruch Hashem, okay. Oi, vai, it's a tooth mechlai. Oi, it hurts over here. Oi, I think I got a bruise. Oi, I think I bruised the side of my ribs over here. Okay, Baruch Hashem, I could breathe, Baruch Hashem. I had a few scratches and bruises, but I don't understand. I don't understand. And suddenly the Rebbe started to feel angry at first. But that's an initial reaction. But you're going to see he doesn't stay angry because he's a Rebbe. But you know, his anger is not like your anger. His anger is different. And you're going to see why in a second. This is not Shaykh. It should not have happened. And before I went out to take the walk, I went over. And I went and I put, okay, I put money inside the tzedokeh box. I put money in the pishke. I put money in the tzedokeh of a mayor balanesh. It doesn't make sense that I should fall and get hurt. It doesn't make sense. I don't understand. Why did this happen to me? Now, of course, you have to understand. There are some unlawyers that talks about, very interesting, that it says if a person is learning Tyra, then he's protected, right? So comes a Shiloh, a person is learning and he gets this big headache. So how could that be? If he's learning Tyra, nothing should happen to him. So it doesn't make sense. What's going on? So the answer is as follows. Yeah, I, you know the answer? Well, I taught you that, my unlawyers, remember? Oh, but I want to say it. Okay, you could say it. Okay, so what happened is like this. That means if Hasvishal, a person's learning, and he went over and he got a headache, could you imagine that if Hasvishal, he wasn't learning, can you imagine what would have happened to him? So obviously he may have done something that wasn't so right. And therefore, as a result, he deserves such a punishment, maybe, and but because he was learning, the punishment was reduced or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. That is correct. So that's why you see this Rebbe wasn't angry at Chasvah Sholem Hakadosh Baruch Hu. His anger was really more towards himself to a certain extent, I guess you could say, because he thought maybe Chasvah Sholem he did something wrong. Or on the other hand, you can also interpret. At first he was upset that he was doing what's supposed to be and it didn't make sense that he wasn't protected. So he was very confused for the moment. But that's the initial feeling that he had. But being that it was a very big tzaddik Rabbi he quickly regrouped his thoughts. And immediately he began to think like a yid would think, the way they think and analyze that nothing happens for nothing. And all of a sudden, the Hasidim didn't understand. <clears throat> the Rebbe stopped. He was quiet. He calmed down. Suddenly a smile went on his face. And suddenly he started laughing. <laughs> thank you, HaKadosh Baruch Thank you, thank you. I understand everything now. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Yes, sir. Uh, with all due respect, Rebbe, I do not understand what is uh, happening here. First, you fall down and you hurt yourself. You are very angry that if you gave the tzedakah for the mere balanes, that you should not have anything happen to you. Yes, right, Rebbe. What is last going on here? It doesn't make sense that you should feel uh, upset and then all of a sudden now you're smiling and laughing that you fell. It doesn't make sense. What is going on here? <laughs> you know what? I'll make you understand in a different way. 
Let me sit over there to rest a little. Help me a little bit over there. Okay, good, good, good. Now, I want to tell you a story. A number of years ago in Europe, you know, in the times where they were putzim, you know, the, the landowners, the, you know, the, I guess uh, they were called squires and things like that. Anyways, and they had power, understand? So in one particular place, there was this squire. Now it doesn't say what his name is in the Maise, but we'll call the squire, we'll call the poor, it's a, 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 a Klapaduski. Klapaduski? Well, <laughs> Rabbi Ers, that's an interesting name. Well, uh, you'll see why he's called Klapaduski. Klapaduski, okay. All right. Yes. And uh, what happened was is this person was a very temperamental, uh, how you say, poet. You understand? He was a very uh, um, a temperamental... Uh, a very temperamental uh, poet. He lost his temper quite a lot. Uh, yes, that's right. Wait a minute. How am I talking with this rabbi if he was nipped to 20 years ago? Well, in stories, you see, anything can happen. You know that. You use your imagination a lot. Oh. Okay, you know what? Uh, this is kind of spooky, uh, so I'm going to stop, and uh, I'll just listen to the story. Uh, well, you can join me and tell part of the story if you feel like it. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, but it's kind of spooky that I'm here, and then I'm speaking to somebody that lived like about, you know, a couple of years before me. <laughs> Give or take about 20, 30 years. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. Anyway, so what happened was is the Rebbe, Rabbi Uncle, continued. So... Poritz Klapaduski, he had an executioner. I fay, this is terrible. Yeah, well, uh, you know, but depends. Uh, you see, his executioner's name was Marcus uh, Maka. Maka? Yes, yes. Makaletsky. Makaletsky? Yes, yes, yes. Makaletsky. Uh-huh. That was the executioner, Marke. No, 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 Marcus. Oh, Marcus Makalevsky. Okay, so what do we have to know about this war? Ah, so uh, I'm gonna continue the story. You'll see. Please wait over there. Oh, yeah. Oh, I did it again. I'm talking like I'm when. It's all right, Yossi. Don't worry. Okay, so the rabbit continued telling the story. Well, anyways, this here Boris Klapaduski, he had a lot of power. He was very well-to-do, very, very rich. Indeed, he was. And one day, he was walking into the shtetls and things like that. And there was a person who didn't give respect when he was walking by. He was a very grumpy person. Who, the pirates? Uh, Yassi, would you let the river continue? Oh, sorry. Well, anyways, this person... Klapaduski was also a temperamental person, but the person that didn't show him respect was much worse than that. <laughs> Look at that man over there, wearing that fancy squire's outfit. <laughs> Who does he think he is? The pirates? Klapaduski? <laughs> he looks so funny, he's got a pot belly. 
<laughs> you know, his nose is so like bent, it looks like a can opener. <laughs> you know, if I didn't know any better, he's a good lookalike for the parents. <laughs> I tell you, he looks not, does he? Doesn't look like the parents. Oh, I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, Ivan, he is the porridge. <laughs> so he's the pirate. <laughs> You're joking me, right? <laughs> hey, 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 Mister, did anyone ever tell you you look so much like the pirates? That is because I am the pirates. <laughs> you even imitate him to the letter. You're good. You are good. You know, you can make a living from this. You can go around imitating the pirates, and then people will pay you money. <laughs> you can even make jokes on people. You can tell people that uh, you're the pirates, and then you can fool them and tell them because they didn't show respect, you're going to punish them and have them whipped with a whole bunch of lashes. Sounds like a very good idea. How many lashes do you think I should give somebody that makes fun of the porridge? <laughs> if somebody makes fun of the porridge, <laughs> you should get like 75 lashes. <laughs> hey, you're very good. You even sound like him. That is because I am the porridge. Do you understand? And you, sir, are going to be punished tomorrow in the middle of the street. Let everybody know that if you do not show respect to me, the poorest Klapaduski, then you will get a patch from the whip of my executioner, Marcus Makalevsky. Now just let me explain you something very, 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 very carefully. You see, you suggested that somebody who makes fun of the poets should get 75 lashes. 75 lashes, not problem. I can make sure that it happens. Okay, now, let me tell you something. I will lock you up in jail tonight if you don't show up tomorrow. Uh, one second. If I don't show up tomorrow, you lock me up in jail tonight? Oh, you want to get another lash because you are uh, contradicting me? Uh, no, no, I'm just wondering how can I get arrested tonight if I don't show up tomorrow? I mean, I'll show up tomorrow. You better, because if you don't, then I have to find you. Believe me, I have the means of how to find you. And if I don't find you because you run away, I will double the lashes when I find you. And if heaven forbid that you will die from the whip that I will give you, that's too bad on you. Do you understand, Ink? Uh, yes, I'll, I'll be there tomorrow. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there, please. Can you forgive me? I really thought that you were somebody else. Too bad. <laughs> too late now. You can cry all you want. I am crying. Too bad. See you tomorrow. Be there on time at noon. You don't show up, I double it when I find you. Yes, yes. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I don't know what you're going to do, but I would suggest that if you don't want to get double Malchus, if you don't want to get hit twice, then you better go over and, uh, how should I tell you? You should go over and be there tomorrow at noon. 
If I was you, I would uh, try to wear paddings or something. I don't know. Uh, you just uh, you better be careful. Uh, yeah, right. I don't know. How do I get into these messes? Uh, I don't know. Ask Robert Herbs. He's telling the story. Uh, I think I am. I think we both are. Hey, no time to worry about that. He's got a problem tomorrow. What are you going to do about it? I'm afraid he's going to have to get his schmeissen. His what? You know, he has to get whipped tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, because that's part of the story. All right. All right, there's nothing I can do. Ivan, too bad on you. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, of course, the next morning came. The rooster crowed. <laughs> and, of course, everybody woke up. And lots of people came to the center of the town at noontime to see the spectacle. Hey, look at this. There's the executioner standing over there. Wow, look at that. They set up the blocks over there for them to tie him to it. <laughs> Any time to those pieces of wood over there so he can't move. Oh, boy. This is not going to be good. Where is he? Oh, he's got another five minutes to get here. He better show up because if he doesn't show up, he's in big, big, big trouble. Uh, uh, am I late? Am I late? Uh, I, I, I smeared my body with some bunch of oils and everything. Are you crazy? What do you mean am I crazy? I don't want it to hurt me so much. Don't you know when you put oils on your back, it stings more? Oh, oh no. What did I do? And suddenly, the executioner came. But wait a minute. Is the rapper telling it or you telling it? Uh, good point, good point. Hey, Rebbe. And so the executioner came together with the poets Kapaduski. All right. Everybody listen to me very, very carefully. You know that I, Poris Kapaduski, am a very temperamental man. At a whim, I could suddenly decide to give somebody a, a whipping. You understand? So therefore, you must learn to respect me. And do nothing to try to make me upset. I'm a very powerful poets, very powerful squire, very, 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 very powerful. And I have within my power the ability to do many things because I have many soldiers, private army. So, no wise guys. Now, this man here, uh, uh, Ivan, he make fun of me. And he. <laughs> Thought I wasn't me. So now he suggested with his own words, you should get 75 smicks, 75 whippings. And that's what I agreed with. So time to the post. When suddenly this year, Marcus Makaletsky, the executioner, came forward. Yeah. Yeah. I'm coming. And he came forward. Very mean-looking man. Obviously pretty cruel if he could hit so many people like he does so hard. He wasn't a weakling. Very strong executioner. Yeah. Right. Step forward, Ivan. Uh, can you have a little mercy on me and, and not really hit me so hard? Sure. I won't hit you my hardest. I'll just get very close to it. <laughs> 
think I care. Okay, I'm ready. Not that you can go anywhere, <laughs> because you are tied. <laughs> you are tied. <laughs> you are tied to, 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 to the post. <laughs> and of course, this person had no Rachmanis, nothing at all. He picked up the whip. And there was somebody standing nearby to ready to count. And he gave a schmice. And of course the person screamed. And of course the person counting said. One. Two. Three. And after each count came that schmice again. And of course. It was painful, and Ivan was screaming, Ah, stop, stop, I'm going to die! Stop, stop! I'll stop at the number 75. And finally, he got 75 lashes. 75! And then he was untied. He slumped to the floor, but Bor Hashem, Ivan was still alive. And Ivan was slept away. He's brought to a doctor to heal him. I could tell you one thing. Ivan made sure he had respect. And if somebody looked like he was making fun of the poets, he would stop him. Oh, yeah. He knows the experience. So what we see so far is, we learned from what I'm telling you is, that these poets were very mean. And at the craziest whim, he could go over and decide he's going to give Marcus, the only good thing was he gave a person overnight to think about it. And one day, the poets was passing in the streets, and there was this man. And so, I tell you, it's very, very interesting. You know, the other day, there was a guy who got 55 and a half patches. 55 and a half patches? How could he get 55 and a half patches? Well, because what happened was... Then when he gave the patches, and he was supposed to give him 60, but he gave him 55 and a half, because, um, you know, like after so many patches, the executioner missed his back and hit the ropes. So in the middle of that patch, the 55 and a half, he fell off the posts. <laughs> and so, uh, since he fell down, so the executioner says, okay, we'll let him go. <laughs> and that's what it was. <laughs> but if you ask me, I think, that, uh, that, 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 that this uh, guy, this uh, poet, is off the wall. What did you say? Who's off the wall? Uh, 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 oh, did I say? Oh, I said that fly is off the wall. It just flew off the wall. You see that fly over there? He just flew off the wall. There was a fly over there, and he's not on the wall anymore. 
You don't fool me. I heard what you said. You said that I am off the wall. Well, apparently you're off the wall because you're not on top of the wall. You're standing here right in the middle of the street. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're not on the wall anymore. You think that I don't understand what you mean when you say I'm off the wall? You think that I'm crazy because I whip people. Yes? Uh, uh, Did I say that? I did not say that. I just said that uh, um, uh, last I saw that you... uh, 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 You said I was off the wall. I heard it with my own ears. Okay. Tomorrow... You are getting 67 lashes. Say another word and I'll make it 68. Continue talking and I'll make it 69. You need me? I should go up? Uh, no, 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 no. Please, please, please don't, 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 don't hit me anymore. Please, I beg of you. Please. I didn't even hit you yet. And I'm not the one that's going to hit you. It's going to be Marcus Makaletsky. Marcus Makaletsky? Oh, no, he hits very hard. That's right. That's where you have him. And he doesn't show any mercy. (laughs) Tomorrow at noon, you don't show up. I look for you with my men. We find you. We double what you get. You understand? Uh, Yeah, 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 I understand. Please, could you, like, reduce the number of, 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 of whippings that I get? Absolutely not. Told you, say another word, I'll add to it. No, 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 thank, thank you, thank you. Okay, I'll be quiet. And so, sure enough, the man was quiet. This man, he started thinking, what should he do? He started thinking, oh no, oh no, I'm in big trouble. What am I going to do? I went over and I said something bad and he just happened to be there. And now i got to get 67 lashes tomorrow. Wait a minute, I just thought of something. It's tomorrow. Maybe, wait a minute, it'll probably be worth it. Maybe I could sneak over tonight to to, to Marcus Makaletsky and go over to him and offer him some money so he shouldn't whip me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds like a very good idea. Because if I offer him some money and he doesn't whip me, whoa, 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 that's a very good idea. I like that idea very much. Wow, maybe I could do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, later on that night, this man who said that the pockets was off the wall, he went over and he went over to Marcus's house. And it was late at night and he knocked on the door. And Marcus answered the door. Ah, who's there? Who was over there? Knocking on my door so late at night. It's me. Uh, uh, it, it's me, uh, Arnold Krinsky. Okay, can you please open the door for me? Ah, uh, no, Krinsky. Well, I am again before. Oh, yes, I know you. I'm going to whip you tomorrow. What do you want? When do you come here? Please, please, sir. I don't want anybody to see that I'm talking to you. Can you please open the door? I'll explain when you let me in. Ah, uh, all right. <laughs> all right. Okay, what can I do for you? Could you please close the door? All right. Okay, I close the door. Now what? All right, all right. Listen to me carefully. Can I ask you a question? You know, um, you're the executioner. That's right. I love doing my job. I get so strong. I hit really hard, don't I? Uh, Yes, that's the problem. And I was just wondering, you know, instead of hitting me so hard, maybe uh, there's a way that... uh, we can make that you don't hit me so hard. 
Putin, your parents might know that. And I don't want that. Because I like my job. He pays me well. <laughs> he likes the fact that I show no mercy. Uh, but uh, maybe uh, uh, Marcus uh, Makaletsky likes money. Money? Who doesn't like money? <laughs> I like money. You like money? Uh, yes, I do. As a matter of fact, I brought some money with me. Uh, are you trying to bribe me? Oh, oh no, no, no. Uh, heaven forbid. Uh, I, I wouldn't try to bribe you. I just uh, would like to uh, pay you some money uh, to soften the blows or maybe like make-believe you hit me. Why do you mean make-believe I hit you? I hit real hard. I know, I know, I know, I know. But I have a plan. This is the plan, okay? What you're going to do is as follows. You see, you're going to take, like, a, a reddish uh, coloring, put it on the whip, okay? okay, And and then um, when the whipping comes down, meaning when you, the whip comes and it hits me on the back, uh, uh, you just make all the motion like you're hitting me real hard, but you barely touch me, and I'll, give, I'll act it out. I'll go, ah, ooh, ee, ah, ooh, ah. You understand? And then it'll look like I'm getting beaten up. And then when you finish the 67 whippings, I'll walk around like, uh, 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 uh. I'll make believe like I'm really in great pain, okay? But really, I won't be in any pain. Uh, what do you say? That sounds like a good idea? That's going to cost you a lot of money. Oh, how much would it cost? I tell you what, it'll cost you one ruble for each of the, of the whippings you're supposed to get. So, if you're supposed to get 67 whippings, you got to pay me 67 rubles. What do you say? Oh, 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 yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I say it's a very, very, very good idea. I mean, sure, 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 sure. I mean, uh, yeah, 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 100%. I mean, you know, it's it's worth every penny probably, right? Because I, I saw what happened with Ivan and, and some other guys that you whipped. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Not a problem. Not a problem. Okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, uh, you could, you could, you, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, here, here, let me give you the money right now. And of course, he pulled out of his wallet, he pulled out the ruble notes, he pulled out 67, counted one, two, all the way to 67. So he gave him 67 rubles. And do you know what happened after that? Quietly the next day, he came there, and he made believe like he was scared. Oh, oh please, please, have mercy on me, pirates. I told you, you open your mouth, I'll make him give you 68. Be quiet. And take your punishment like a man. Okay, 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 please, 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 please. And the executioner came. And the executioner took him and tied him to the post. All right. Now you're pretty tight on the post. Yeah. You won't be able to move. You're only going to be able to scream. Yeah, yeah, sure. But remember our deal. Don't worry. I'll make it look good. You make your screaming look good, too. Because if it doesn't look good, the pirates will catch on. And if he does, then I'm doomed. And if I'm doomed, you're doomed. Get it? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And so the executioner, he picked up his whip, and he gave a schmice. And the person counting went, One, two. And each time the whip came down, he made like a full swing and barely touched him. And, of course, that person that was getting the whipping 
he started screaming. Oh, 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 of course you can hardly move, you're tied up. <laughs> I like when you scream in agony. <laughs> and so, sure enough, what happened was there after the 67 patches, he untied this person, and this person, he went over and he started going around like, oh, oh, I can't move. He was a very good actor. And the porridge didn't catch on. And word got around. So anytime at the crazy whim, of the poets, when the poets had a crazy whim, and he had this crazy whim to go over and, like, say to somebody, you, for what you did, 32 lashes. You, what you did, 50 lashes. What you did, 75 and a half. And, of course, the numbers were different each time. But people got word from this other person that you could bribe this this executioner, Marcus Marcus Makaletsky. So everybody used to come the night before and they knew to pay. And one day there was this yid who had a tavern, an inn, a kretschme, you know, like a bar. And he had this inn. And this is what happened. Look at the time. It's getting light. Oi, I have to dive in Minchip. If I try to go to the shul now, I won't get there on time. No, 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 no. Everybody is comfortable in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, anybody need another drink before I dive in Minchip? Oh, no, no, I'm okay, 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 also. Let me just give me one more drink. All right, all right, I'll give you one more drink. Okay, here you go. Okay, okay, now I'm going to dab Mincha, no interruptions, you know, that I close my eyes when I dab Mincha so I don't get distracted uh, by everybody here, so you know the men, okay? All right, so I'm going to dab Mincha. And of course he started dab Mincha. Then he got up to Shmonesre. When he was in Shmonesre, he closed his eyes so he could have a lot of Gavona. And just happens to be, when he was in Shmonesre, the porridge walked in. Okay, here's everybody here. That's good. Oh, there's the bartender. Okay. Hey, you, over there, Moshke, I want a drink. Hello, I'm talking to you. But of course, this yid, he closed his eyes and he was orangutan, which means he was into his davening. He didn't let anything distract him. And the poet screamed louder. Excuse me, Moshke, I want a drink right now. This is the poet talking. Are you looking at me? You're not even turning around to me. Hello, where's the respect you show me? I said, turn around. And of course, he didn't turn around because he was in the middle of Shmon So what happened was this. The police was screaming at him and didn't hear a word. And then finally he finished Monesre. And the police was walking back, fuming, thinking what to do. And he went out from Monesre. I say, Sholem, I'm 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 I
Paco y Sor, ¡Ah! ¡Pures! ¡Hey! ¡Pures Klapaduske! ¿Cómo estás? ¡Shalom Aleichem! ¿Cómo estás? ¿Qué puedo hacer para ti? ¿Puedo darte un drink? ¿Puedo darte un drink? ¡You crazy! ¡Moshki! ¿Sabes eso? ¿Qué significa que soy crazy moshki? ¿Qué estás hablando? I was in here a few minutes ago. I'm like standing here almost five, ten minutes. I call into your attention and you don't answer me. I say I want a drink right now, Moshke. You don't give it to me. What's the matter with you? Uh, when, when? Oh, five minutes. Oh, I was in the middle of davening Mincha. You were what? I, I praying. I was praying to uh, Hashem, you know what I mean? It was Mincha time, so I, I had to daven. I don't care what you have to do. I am the Poritz. Do you understand? Yeah, I understand you're the pirates, and therefore what? What do you mean, therefore what? You crazy? I can punish you. Uh, uh, please don't. I, 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 I didn't do it intentionally because, you know, um, you're, 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 you're a big ruler here, <laughs> squire, pirates, <laughs> but uh, Shem is even greater. Whoa, yeah? Tell you what I'm going to do for you, okay? You listening to me? Tomorrow noontime will be your turn to get whipped. You understand? Uh, but, but, but I, I didn't do it on purpose. I, I, when I dive and I, I don't think it's, it's distracted. I have Kavana. I don't care what you have. Don't know what that means anyways. But I tell you one thing. Tomorrow noon, you better be there. You're going to get 50 lashes. You understand? 50 lashes. But, but, but. You say another word, I'll make it 60. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be there tomorrow noon. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to think he left. What am I going to do? I'm not in such great condition. I'm not a youngster either. How am I going to take 15 lashes? What's going on here? Suddenly, one of the people in the bar said, Hey, listen to me. I need to know exactly what you can do. Because I have experience and I've shared it with many people. You know, the executioner, uh, Marcus uh, Makaletsky, he loves money. Yeah, so what do you have to do with me? I gotta get Marcus. He's gonna patch me. He gets money from the pirates. Yes, 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 yes. But he can get money from the pirates and he can get money from you too. What are you talking about? Hey, tonight you go to his house and you have a private meeting with him and you pay him money. You can bribe him and he'll make believe like he's hitting you and then you scream, you act it out and the pirates, when he sees it tomorrow, he'll think you're really getting hit. You know what I mean? He does a real good job. He smears like this reddish stuff on the on the whip, and then he makes believe he's hitting you so hard, and then it touches your body, and then you see the red, so it looks like you're getting the red marks from the whip. You know what I mean? And you just have to go, ah, ooh, ee, ah, ah, ah. Really? That's a good idea. I got him. Unless you're going to take a rubber for me, two rubbers, three rubbers. Eh, no problem. I'm going to got him. And so this hit. He went to Marcus, knocked on his door. And Marcus said, Ah, who's there? Mm, let me open the door. Ah, Moshka, what I do for you? I didn't order any drink. Oh, wait, right, tomorrow. You're supposed to get 50 lashes. <laughs> oh, well, what can you do? That's life. Uh, yeah, that's life. And that's why I came to you, because I heard that you like a little bit of um, guilt, you know what I mean, you know. So I, I, I want to pay you, uh, you know, so you shouldn't whip me so hard. You know, you make believe you whip me, and I make all the acting everything, you know. People told me, you know what I mean, I can pay you. So how much you want? Let's see now. You're supposed to get 50 lashes. So I take one ruble a lash. 
That's a lot of money. What's the matter with you? Come on, you know, how long does it take you? A few minutes of work? You make believe it takes five, ten minutes, that's it. You want fifty rubles for five, ten minutes of acting? Come on, what's the matter with you? You could do cheaper than that. Come on, I give you twenty rubles, okay? No, my price is fifty rubles. Take it or leave it. Now, I'll I, I give you thirty. I'm sorry. You'll have to get to your markets tomorrow. All of you schmeissen, like you Jewish people say. All of you, did I say it right? Yeah, you said Marcus very well. Yeah, yeah, you said it very well. All right. So, you're listening to me? Either you pay me the 50 rubles, or I'm going to really hit you. Huh? No, no, you know what? I have no choice. I can't take the sweepings, okay? All right. You got to pay me now. All right, all right. Here, here, here. 50 rubles. Everything I have in my pocket now. Here you go. Got your 50 rubles? Here you go. See? Got 50 rubles? Here, here. 50 ruble notes, okay? Got it? Is enough? Yes. Oh, you gave me one too many here. You can take it back. I only want exactly one ruble for each lash. Yeah, okay. No problem. And so the next day came. It was tied up to the post. And this man, Marcus... Makaletsky picks up the whip and he gives a smile. And he gives it, and the person is counting. One, two, three. And then what happens is this Yid Moshke, he screams, Ah, oh, ah, 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 oh, ouch, ouch, oh, please stop, 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 stop. And of course he was acting. And of course, Marcus was also. And finally, they're up to the 49th, and he gives him. And then the 50th, all of a sudden, Marcus does not pull back. He gives a full schmeiss, and that schmeiss hit real hard, and it really hurt Moshke. Moshke gave a scream, but it wasn't an acting scream. Ah! Oh, this hurts. Okay, he got all his 50. You could untie him. And so, Marcus went over, untied him. And as he unties him, he says to him, Eh, eh, everything, eh? Oh, okay, everything is fine. Okay, bye. <gasps> One second. I paid you. Why did you hit me with the last one so hard? Ah. Why I hit you so hard? Because you argue with me how much I was taking. I wanted you to feel one good zets. And this way, when you get the zets, you'll appreciate the money I charged is very little compared to the service you got. And so the Rebbe continued the story and he said, So you see, I give money to the Tzedakah of Meir Balanes, and I assume that Tzedakah Tatsal Mimovis but Hashem wants me, every now and then I should realize what he's doing for me. So he made me fall, I bruised myself, I get banged up, and it hurt me a lot. But now I can appreciate more when I give the tzedakah to Meir Balanes. I see what it does for me. Wow, Rabbi, that was a terrific story. I hope so. Okay, do we have any time to take a few phone calls? Okay, we do. Okay, hello, you're on the air. What is your name? And what lesson do you learn in tonight's story? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. What, what's your name and what lesson do you learn in tonight's story? So, 
to give tzedakah, that's number one. And number two, I have a question quick, that how is the shaykh that he, the mushka, that he stopped? Why is not Sheldon Pnei Yer or Mishra Pnei covered? Again, again, what was the question? Why couldn't he answer? Because he was so engrossed in his davening, he didn't notice. He didn't anything. hear, or is that he didn't want to? No, hear? no, 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 no. There are people, like they said, even by the Chavetz Chaim, it's like, as though miraculously, even though it's just an expression of that, when somebody talked lashon hara, his ears, like the lobes, closed in on it. But of course, that's not shy. But it's just the idea is that he was able to like take away his mind from being concentrating. So when he, this person, Mashke, Davin his Monestre, he was totally engrossed in what he was doing, did not pay attention to the outside world. The whole world around him could explode around him and he wouldn't notice. So if that's the case, then I have another lesson that when you Davin, he should always concentrate. That's right. You should definitely concentrate 100%. That's one of the reasons why I said it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. thank you very much. Thank and, you very much. And it was a very good question too. Thank you. Okay, next caller, please. Hello, you're on the air. Okay, you might be the last caller, so uh, let's get your question in. Let's go. Or what your lesson is. What's your name? What lesson you learned tonight's story? Hello? Yes. My name is Evan Yaakov, and you should always give to the doctor because Sadaka is That's correct. You got that right. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, I think that's all the time we have. Okay, so I'm sorry that I couldn't get a no call. This is the very first time I told the story. I had no idea how long it was. Okay, everybody have a wonderful Shabbos. Goodbye. Bye. This is